on last week's Irrevelations. And he's kind of asking him, hey, I heard the Jews went back to Israel. How are things going? All right. I know we f***ed up, but, you know, time for us to get a uh, second chance. I f***ing destroyed the guy that destroyed you the first time when you were at the height of your power. I'm not really worried about 80 dudes building a, a, a temple. Go. Oh, what are you going to do? Are you going to rebel against the king? Is that your plan here? The Tokoites made repairs, but their nobles did not put their shoulders to the work of the Lord. We read the Bible so you don't have to, and sometimes we also don't read the Bible so you don't have to. So that neither of us have to, you <laughs> or us. <laughs> That's a real savings. Before we turn to the word, I would like to I can't be a big blessing to people if I'm poor and broke and depressed. I don't feel good about myself. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness. I believe in a literal burning Bible hell just as strongly as I believe in a beautiful heaven. No, no, no. Not God bless America. The Bible means a lot to me, but I don't want to get into specifics. And pray this simple prayer, Lord, speak to me. Happy New Year, bitch. <laughs> Gets me every year. Every yeah. Year. Every it's year crazy. It's, this is yes. our, uh, it's our third year. Yeah, technically, by just, calendar, our third calendar year, I guess. Yeah. It's not our third year chronologically. I think we start like in September, like that's our anniversary. Yeah. That's what we. <laughs> Wait, no, then this is our fourth year calendar year because 18, 19, 20, 21. Who knows? It doesn't I matter, know. but we're here. We're still here. That's what counts. Yeah, that, that took all the steam. The new year's already off to a shit start. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, we don't look back, we look forward. Always. Uh, pumped to see. Senator Loeffler <laughs> get her place back in Congress Who? next week. Oh, Kelly Loeffler, the insider trading lady. Oh, yeah. well, that's, that's the because they're having the runoffs, right? Yeah, yeah. She's the one that's been recently uh, right. accusing uh, Warnock of uh, being a pedophile. Of course. Yeah. The the the, the whole like uh, be a Republican to save the children thing is absurd. Yeah, it's pretty. And funny. it's kind of like peak. Peak, like, if you're talking about, like, who 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 rapes the most kids, right? Evangelicals. Evangelicals. Uh, and then I maybe think, Catholics and, right after that. Yeah, and then probably Don't teachers. get cocky, Catholics, that I put <laughs> you in number two, because yeah. you're up there. You're up there. I think I think Catholics are just better at it, but I think evangel- if we're just talking the numbers game. I mean, Catholics you know. literally breed guys just to rape kids. Like, right. That's what no pussy does to a motherfucker. <laughs> It's in our charter that this is how we do it. They planned uh, it out. Oh, those jokes are old, but um, so but we love them. Um, yeah, it's uh, the, the the runoffs are coming. I don't know. I wasn't even that serious. I, I saw I saw something. I, I guess Mitch McConnell has stopped the two thousand dollars standalone check. I, I can't imagine anyone sort of supporting uh, like across the across the realm. Yeah. Uh, of just normal everyday people. I can't imagine like when the first bill came out and like Trump was like, "Oh, $600 checks, but like money for Saudi Arabia and like missiles and things like that." Like there was a lot in it, an omnibus bill. Yeah. And and even Donald Trump, 
was like, yeah, it's, you know, I mean, for his own reasons, I'm sure. But like, sure. hey, why the fuck isn't this its own separate thing? This is the only thing people care about, at least the optics of it. Right. This is the only thing people actually fucking care about. I mean, Bernie uh, and Trump were agreeing on something. So yeah, like- that's like, that's like, uh, what was it like? Um, was it Saturn and Uranus aligning like a couple of weeks yeah, ago? Yeah. Something, something like that. <laughs> Did you see Bernie on the on the Senate floor? Showing Trump tweets, like <laughs> he's like, look, he's like, I normally don't agree with this guy, but <laughs> uh, normally, uh, you know, uh, it's a it's it's a funny thing. So yeah, yeah. So everyone was like, because across the spectrum, I, I lurk in I lurk in all corners of the internet, yeah. and across the spectrum, everyone was like, why can't they just make it its own standalone bill? Why does it have to be mixed in with like defense funds for Israel? This is bullshit. Make it more. Make it more. Make it more. It's our fucking tax dollars. And then finally, the Repub- uh, the Democrats like call their bluff okay here's a two thousand dollar standalone bill it's just a fucking check that goes right into the banks and yeah. mish mcconnell shot it down as socialism for rich people <laughs> in yeah, the middle totally. now so that's that that's that to me i think it's like a real watershed moment i really kind of want to see what i i think everyone's kind of wondering what republicans are going to be like in a post-trump sure. world scattered but I, interesting I, no doubt I, I, I think it's probable that they will return to their kind of scumbag sort Neocon. of neo neo Tea Party bullshit they were during Obama's years, you know, just yeah. obstructionist cunts. Um, but I I can't imagine a worse move during a Senate runoff to decide if the Democrats hold all three houses uh, houses. Yeah. Uh, then to just be like, no, uh, checks are socialism, bro. It's such a I've, weird move. I mean, yeah, I've seen a lot of speculation about it. Is it because he knows internal numbers and knows that he doesn't have to do it? Or is he doing it out of spite or, or what? Um, I well, don't know. I, it's insane. I think Mitch McConnell's an interesting golem in that he just knows that Kentucky sucks. Yeah, and that he can be—he's like, yeah, I can fucking shoot a baby. No, I'm, it's Kentucky; they're still going to. Well, like more me. importantly, he doesn't have to defend his seat for another six years, and probably isn't going to—he'll be dead or want to retire by then anyway. I would That's imagine. Right. But um, I, I think—I I guess the the point being is like, he's a majority leader. He's voted in by the Republicans. They they make it sound like, oh yeah, it's Mitch McConnell saying no. He's representing the GOP. In yeah. the Senate, it's not like they if they if, if the other Republicans didn't like it, they could just get rid of him. Sure. But instead, he's they up choose there. him as the leader. He, yeah. he, he's aggroing from the front. He's the tank. He's just taking all the damage. And yeah, like it's, whatever, and they can, it's they can go around him. Yeah, yeah, they they could if they wanted to, they could, but they don't. Uh, but um, I, I guess it's just kind of an interesting. I, I saw him call it socialism for rich people, and I just thought to myself. Are his constituents, and I guess Republicans at large, so fucking stupid that yes. just labeling anything socialism, they go, oh, yeah, that's not for me. I don't want that. You know? Yeah. And then if or, you really need to bash it, you pull out the C word. <laughs> crazy with it. Or, or is are those Republicans so, I guess, principled? That yeah. even when it's like, no, I don't want to pay rent because I don't support socialism. I, I don't care. <laughs> Socialized medicine, I'd rather die from the diabetes than get uh, uh, subsidized insulin. That's not what I'm about. That's socialism. It's evil. I'd rather die. And I will. Every child who receives a free lunch at school is a communist agitator and needs to be put up <laughs> against the wall. 
They need to be hung. Uh, so yeah, Traitors. so uh, yeah, let's get them. Uh, the cross is too good for him. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I, I was blown away. I was like, I wonder what's he gonna do now, because I, uh, you know, uh, and he's just like, nah, bro, it's socialism, and he just I like. Hate. And that's it. That's all I gotta do. That's all I gotta say. It's socialism. Oh, and and, and and oh yeah, I'm too stupid to understand. That's good. I'm seeing a lot of agitation against him, though, even from the Republican side now. Yeah. Him and the, I guess they, you know, some of the crazier Q side, as you shared with me this morning, uh, even wants to like kill Mike Pence. I guess. <laughs> yeah, that was a, I was almost gonna get there. It's not even the crazier Q side. It's uh, Lynn Wood. The he's, uh, he's kind of Q, isn't he? I'm doesn't matter he's still at least mainstream he's like one yeah. of the guys that's like i mean he's fucking stupid they all are but he's like one of the ones where i, I like to bring out lynn wood because he's one of those guys that normal people I, I don't say normal they're not fucking normal um but maybe the less extreme people who are like oh yeah the uh the election was a fraud and then like lynn wood would be like i'm gonna sleep like a baby tonight knowing that Donald Trump won this election by a landslide and we're going to prove it in court. And then he just never shows up. But now it's just the rhetoric. Just, now he calls for the execution of Mike Pence by yes. firing squad for treason. And also suggests that if that happens, Mike Pompeo will suddenly become vice president, which, of course, isn't how it works. But that's yeah, it. I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I, I saw in the replies a lot of people were showing photos of, like, Ma Mike Pompeo and Donald Trump and Mike Pence in a room together. And they're yeah. like, see it? It's the handoff of power. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it works that way. And then some of the other people in that uh, same thread were talking about how the real new vice president is going to be JFK Jr., which is <laughs> very funny. <laughs> JFK Jr., who died either in, in a, plane a plane crash. crash? Plane crash, yeah. Well, yeah. haven't I you seen that guy that is – it's air quotes. He won't deny that he's JFK Jr. And oh, so everyone's Jesus. like, oh, my God, it's him. It's just some crazy that guy that honestly looks just like my dad. Oh, that God. Sh that shows up at all these MAGA rallies. Oh. And people, you know, QAnon guys will post pictures of him next to photos of JFK Jr. And they look nothing alike. But they're like, I was going to say, JFK Jr. was handsome. You're saying he looks like your dad? I, they don't look anything alike. That's <laughs> what I'm getting at. Nice low blow, though. Yeah. Call him up. <laughs> Got his ass. Uh, the point is that, like, uh, yeah, they, they're like, oh, yeah, the, JFK Jr. is going to take over. He's going to be the new vice president. And it's just some weird dude that right. shows up at MAGA rallies. That's uh, such a funny, I don't know. The, the, it's too weird. It's too weird. I can't comprehend it. I don't know what I'm looking at. Why would that be part of the fantasy? Why is it? Why? In what universe? It reminds me of... um. It's kind of funny. It's an odd parallel. I heard Marilyn uh, uh, Marilyn Monroe. Uh -huh. uh, they they found her diary after she was murdered by the mob. Um, yeah. and JFK at the same time in the Secret Service. I mean, um, I believe all of that actually. But, but go on. One of the things she was talking about was she was fantasizing. She'd written in her diary how a legitimate fantasy of hers was that JFK would leave his wife. And that she would then move into the White House, you know, and kick the kids, and because the kids have to go too, you know, she's not, she's not sticking around for that. Yeah, she's not interested. What is in she? That. Their wet nurse? Yeah, yeah. What the fuck? But she was like, let's just kick out the kids and the wife, and I'm just gonna move in, and, and, and just kind of that, and and like it was just one of those things where like even people were like, what was she thinking? Like what, what, what series of events would have to occur? For that to be a legitimate possibility, the idea that JFK Jr. is just gonna like drop his cloak and yeah. be like, "It was me the whole time. I faked the plane landing so I could show up and be vice president for ten days." I mean, it makes sense. 
But of course, part of that is going to be um, also, you know, revealing that the election was a hoax and right, then arresting, um, arresting uh, Biden and all that. Look at I, this fucking picture. I wish I knew any of those people in real life so I could spit on them. I, I, I hate them with a passion. Listen, I know you. Can, I know the audience is going to be able to see it. So obviously, there's JFK Jr. Right. All right. Hey, with Donald it, Trump. Okay, so now there's now I'm analyzing the validity. And here's the guy that they say is actually JFK Jr. God damn it. Open up the photo. <laughs> this, 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 this is, is good, good content. This well, is I good content. Been, we are listening to him pull out his phone so okay. I can see. That oh, guy. my God. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a uh, – I don't even know. He looks like a fucking anti-Semite stereotype. It's <laughs> Oh, no. It's a very weird look that he has going on. But my, my thing is, like – the guy actually rocks, in my opinion, because okay. he shows up at MAGA rallies. Some lunatic at some point said, that guy looks kind of like JFK Jr., I guess. A very Although, handsome, historically handsome man. Can't, well, I don't know. All the, I think all the Kennedys look like shit. The point okay. is, <laughs> Jesus. The, the point is that he still looks nothing like him, regardless. Right. Yeah, but some crazy guy saw it, you know, took a weird combination of pills that morning. Right. And And instead of being like, no, sorry, you know. That's a weird theory. I appreciate you, you know, thinking that I'm the dead son right. of an American president. I, I assume I have an SS in and like people that remember me from middle school yeah. and, and some type of uh, background check. But yeah, but instead of that, Vincent Fusca is his name. Just kind of like gets a little twinkle in his eye and doesn't really say anything. Just a little smirk. Uh, it's a little like uh, oh, it's like it's like that scene in uh, every shitty uh, Hallmark movie where there's just the guy in the red suit and the big white beard mopping. And they're like, is that sad? He's like, I'm not telling. <laughs> It's exactly like that, yeah. You know, that is pretty funny. And in fact, it's probably that kind of dumb bullshit Hollywood fucking trope that made this possible. The whole QAnon thing, all right? Yeah. And, and I wanted to, a second ago, you were like, what, you know, what is it about this fantasy? And I think that's the answer, is that it is just a fantasy. That it's yeah. way better than real life, you know? Uh, for the same reason that they fucking elected Trump thinking that it was because he was some sort of goddamn... 40 chess master whatever I, it's obviously so silly i hope uh, predictions for 2021 i hope that q gets deeper i hope that it becomes no. like uh, you, you ever watch those like dystopic movies about like vr where people are literally withering away on their chairs but because in their vr land they're rich and handsome that they're okay with it oh yeah, yeah. uh what's yeah what's that one movie uh, uh there's Bruce Bruce Willis and all that. oh uh yeah. and then there's i think that was surrogates 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 yeah right right but at least in surrogates it was like you know it i'm sure there's some movie that's done it where it's like it's all a video game where it doesn't matter it's just that well like in my in in, in here in the meat space life is garbage but sure in the like Q, the world of warcraft guy from south park <laughs> Yeah, but in the Q space, I'm a god. And you're like, yeah, oh no, okay. like, you know, like, yeah, technically I'm addicted to fentanyl and I make no money and I, you know, live off government cheese, but in the Q space, it's only a matter of time before I have to roll out of my fucking lazy boy with my <laughs> AR-15 and take this country back for JFK Jr. so we can execute Mike Pence. All those things are fine. Like that's okay. Like don't don't worry about getting a job. Just bide your time and stockpile the ammo because it's, sure. Uh, the storm's coming. Yeah. I, I, I mean, yes, I think that there is definitely going to be a contingent that continues mm -hmm. after this, like that keeps on playing the fucking QAnon thing. I really don't hope that it picks up any steam, though. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because like, uh, we're going to have a lot more uh, Nashville-type situations, I think, if that's the uh, case. We haven't even covered that. There was a bombing in Nashville that was yeah. very suspicious. Guy blew up a AT&T. He had like a announcement, hey, everyone get the fuck out of your homes, whatever the fuck. Yeah. Everyone get away from I mean, He wasn't trying blah, blah. to hurt people, I guess. You I guess. That. Well, I, well, yeah, I remember when it came out, obviously our conspiracy and our, you know, was like freaking out because it's like, oh, they knocked down 911. It's probably a... a, a this is it, boys. They knocked down 911 so that they can uh, roll in the tanks and no one will be able to uh, let anyone know that they're going to start executing people or whatever, you know, and it's just... A, yeah, just which is funny because then the next, you know, that same post that you showed us today or showed me this morning, there's people in there that are like, don't worry about those military vehicles going around. They're just arresting pedophiles. So, <laughs> I love the, the idea other. that... They I love, love the, martial law. They hate martial law. Whatever. Yeah, I, I also saw uh, something from like some general. It's like, Donald Trump needs to immediately... Let's break down the martial law thing. We got time. Let's fuck it. It's the new yeah, year. Yeah, Let's talk not? about... There, there's c- calls for Donald Trump. He's out of office the 10th, right? Like 20th. The 20th, the 20th. Okay. Yeah, 18 so we're, days. We're well, 17 days on. from this episode being released. Yeah. So a little over a fortnight. People are calling for martial law. Don't say fortnight. But go ahead. <laughs> People are calling for martial law, which I don't even understand. What are they suggesting? That he just uses the government to secure power when it's the entire fucking judicial branch? That's against him, you know. I mean, it's not like the the electoral colleges, the state governments. Like you're, you're talking, oh, uh, you know, Pennsylvania says you're not president. Are you just gonna invade Pennsylvania, like the state? I, I don't understand what the game plan is or what any of these people are thinking. And people that should know better, yeah, are like, no, you gotta just you just gotta roll in the tanks and keep it. Just just don't leave your chair. Just lock I mean, the doors to the White House. I mean, you're t- you're talking about one the great mind that came up with the Dilbert comic strip. Of course, <laughs> guy knows what he's talking about. We should uh we should uh well, there's no time, but we should film a uh, redoing of Home Alone yeah. where it's Donald Trump just trying to keep out the Bidens. You know, he's like locking the door. There's like a little hot bread on the door. He's like, what the fuck's going on? He's like, tee hee tee. And he's already some- sen- he's already like canon- canonically in the Home Alone universe. That's so it true. does work. Yeah, that'd be fine. That'd be great. And he's just like he's just he's just putting a bunch of like glue down by one of the doors. Jill Biden gets her shoe stuck in. I'm sorry, Doctor Jill Biden gets her shoe stuck <laughs> in the fucking glue. Like, what is this? And he, I and, got and an argument. Oh shit! That reminds me, two things. Oh, God. Well, maybe We're just never one. Get to this episode. No, this is important because I fucked up. Okay, fucked up bad. We got our first fan email back in October, and I missed it. Oh no! Yeah, how'd that happen? I just didn't fucking see it. Okay. All it said was first, but still. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, fan shout out. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Josh. You know who you are. We appreciate your fanship. <laughs> he Fantastic. did side with he did side with you on the Jock Dr. Joe Biden thing, though. So well, he's who an wouldn't idiot. It? He's not a fucking good work, Josh. You're not a fucking dumbass. <laughs> anyway, uh, I guess that's enough chit chat for uh, this morning. All right. Well, let's just. I guess let's. Yeah, let's get to the episode. It's uh, it's a new year. It's a Second chapter of Nehemiah. Yeah. No, well, not second chapter, second episode. Second episode, Nehemiah. yeah, yeah. You know, we know what you're talking Nehemiah. about. And it's, uh, it's fun shit. It's a good episode. 
I think yeah. I don't know. I always say that. Actually, I well, don't ever say that. I never say it even. <laughs> let's but. not get ahead of ourselves. So you're listening, in case you didn't know, somehow, uh, if you're like in some sort of a Guantanamo Bay type situation and the right. guards are playing this, you're huh. listening to the Revelations podcast, uh, episode 117. Yep. I'm Grant DeVoist. And I'm Cole Delusky. And we're going to read you some fucking Bible. And yeah, and we're getting into Nehemiah. I think we'll cover chapters, I don't know, four through seven, maybe? I don't know. We'll see how far we get. Yeah, yeah. Um, just to kind of, let's do like a little a little talk about what Nehemiah's been about so far. So, you know, the guy is just sort of a uh, executive assistant in the court of Artaxerxes, um, gets his wish to go back and try and rebuild Israel because he heard how uh, down bad they were, yeah. as they're saying. They're having and, a uh, rough time back in Detroit. Yeah, so he gets permission. He goes back. And starts trying to put things in motion to get Israel better. But there's a bunch of antagonists in the area, which is what we're really going to get into um, in this episode. Yes. It's name-dropped a few of them, but just just understand, Jerusalem is rebuilding. Nehemiah is a governor now in charge of them. That's correct. And they are surrounded by assholes. Yeah, also governors. So you're thinking, these are like... uh, the, the next strata down from the king himself, he's got sort of all local, usually guys that I, I think in a lot of cases, at least, the Romans would send Romans to provinces to govern. Feels like Artaxerxes is using local guys to govern, right? Because um, all these people are like, for instance, Nehemiah, he's a Jew. Right. Since he gets to be the governor of Israel, there's kind of like local Levant types that are also running like the the state of Syria, if you will, which is like a protectorate under. There, there, there's an Ammonite running. Uh, Ammon. Ammon. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So it's kind of like uh, it makes sense, you know. Keep keep someone uh, there that knows custom, knows tradition. I kind of wonder uh, why that's so different from like the Roman Empire uh, as far as governorship. I mean, it makes sense. I think in both ways, because uh, you know, in, in, I, I think. I think Xerxes or Artaxerxes, the second we might be on. Uh, no, I think it's the first. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Just knows he's got enough military might that he could go in there and fucking destroy them, and 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 probably doesn't care too much. Just generally seems less racist. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, he. I, I think at the core of it, all of it is, you know, what they really want from their provinces are soldiers they can conscript to build the empire and taxes to maintain it. So I, I yeah. probably they and, probably don't not care get, much one way or the other. Not to get too far into this, but as the Roman Empire aged, they did start considering people from outlying provinces to be Romans. Like slowly, mm-hmm. people would, places had been in Roman territory long enough that they were like, okay, you're cool now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that's, it just seems like the Persians were ahead of the ball game on that. Yeah. It's like that. It's like that one Mexican family that moves in. And first you're like, Oh, <laughs> but then after a few barbecues, you're like, you know what, Raul, you're one of the good ones. Okay. <laughs> Never had that experience. Oh, well, uh, I, I love all people, but I understand yeah. where you're, I understand. That I'm that's the Raul in that instance. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, anyway, the point is, Nehemiah, in our first episode in this book, got to go back to Israel. He's there now. He started the process, setting things straight. Um, you know, we kind of talked about some boring shit, like who's in charge of different sections of the wall. But know that the operation is up and running. They're rebuilding the wall. That's what happens in Chapter 4 as it kicks off. So, antagonists. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I, not well, let, let's cover it at the end because I kind of want to, at the end of this uh, episode, and probably the end of every episode uh, for this period, uh, kind of c- compare and contrast Ezra versus Nehemiah. Sure. Because <laughs> they both get their own books. They both kind of oversee a period of it. And Ezra's going to show up, I think, at the yeah. next episode. So Yeah, yeah, we'll have him in next episode probably. So there, there, there's kind of some overlap, but it's kind of funny that like Ezra's like, guys, we got to make Israel great again. And they're like, what do we got to do? He's like, you got to kick your wives and kids in the street. They're like, great. This is Racial news. purity. Racial purity. And then Nehemiah, who's sort of a, a secular. I mean, he, he is a he is a good boy according to Jesus or, or God or whatever. Yeah, he will uh, not sin as far as yeah, we can yeah, tell. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a good boy according to uh, the rules that are set forth in the Bible. Uh, but he's more of a secular guy. He's like, Pragmatic. yeah, I'm, I'm just here to get, you know, some structure done, infrastructure, uh, roads, you know, things like that. Yeah. Real Elizabeth Warren type. So uh, what happens here is the building's going on, and we open up Chapter 4 with a name that we've heard before uh, that you probably don't remember, Sanballat, and how he's basically the governor of modern-day Syria up in Damascus, right? Which has been a, a, a sometimes foe, sometimes friend of Israel, right, through the through the books, um, mostly yeah, I mean, foe. I, I think it's kind of – I don't know what happened to Assyria. We know that – uh, the Persian Empire destroys and absorbs Babylonia. Yeah. Uh, Assyria was the nation that had conquered kind of the northern Israel. Sure. And then I guess their assets were inherited by somebody, I think. I assume they're all technically the Persian Empire at this point. Yeah, hopefully no historians are listening to us and clawing their eyes out right they now. They might be. I don't know. It, it, well, you know, we're we're here to read the Bible. Not, and we do, yeah, yeah. We do we go some outside. I... I, I I'll probably look it up for the recap. I never, I never do look anything up for the recap. I always it's say I'm going to do it, but that. it's fun to talk about it. It's a nice, yeah. it, it, it's my fantasy. It's my Q fantasy. Uh, <laughs> but I kind of wonder what did happen because the point is, is like, yeah, Samara was kind of friend, then kind of foe, then kind of friend, then ultimately foe towards the yeah. end there. Um, now they're probably just another city state. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah, so now they're not um, an open kingdom at war with Israel, but it is now more of a nuanced court intrigue type situation where their governor wants to be better than, you know, he he sees, for one, they have like probably a cultural memory of what Israel used to be, which was pretty dominant in the area. And uh, maybe. Well, yeah, who wasn't, though? Yeah, to be fair. yeah but it's fun. Um, so they know, they kind of probably have a, a like a, a joint knowledge of what Israel has been in the past. Not big fans of the Jewish people. Uh, I don't know if the Jews would be considered more exclusive, right? Uh, I don't really know a lot about... They try to be, I'm sure. Yeah, but I don't know a lot about if other peoples in that area would have been similarly so. But I, re- I, I don't... We never really hear... I, I, honestly, this is probably one of the first chapters I've ever heard where people kind of just hate the Jews because they're Jews. Yeah. And it might be because of the dynamic of them all now being kind of equal governors. As To me, it feels like the Jews, the Sumerians, the Ammonites were all just rival drug dealers in Baltimore. Yeah. And they're okay. fighting it out, you know. Sure. And then they all go to jail in like a big sweep. And now they're in jail. And it's like, okay, you could sort of just move sure. on because your yeah. your previous empires and the things you were doing you, you, you know you don't you don't own that corner anymore there's no reason to keep yeah fighting, that are like but or more appropriately the cartel let's say starts running the whole show right and so now they're not individual little drug dealers they're part of his hierarchy the cartel you know right so it's you're not exactly. you know the, the cartel boss is going to get pissed off if you whack these guys now so you got to like 
sort of work together, but you're still in competition. You still want to see them fail deep down. You still want to do better. <laughs> okay. You want to make more money. You want to be in favor of the great guy, of the cartel leader, whatever. The, the You're right. That's case. a much that's a much better analogy because they are still kind of operating. They just, they just can't go all at war anymore. They can't take over each other's territories. They are just supposed to be there on their corner selling dope. It, keeping things not at war specifically, like to <laughs> manage, to quell rebellion, to... to Bring tax money up to the Persian king. The cartel so, yeah. doesn't want you fighting amongst each other. All your money should be going towards, you know, selting exactly. and then cutting and then sending it back to Maine. Paying off cops, whatever. Yeah. The point what are is, you do? The point is that... Boy, this is the, a good Bible podcast. It is, man. We rock. Perfect. So the, the Syrian governor basically is seeing the Jews start to rebuild from the ashes, and he just sees sort of a competition, another guy to... Mm-hmm. Uh, that he'd have to sort of, again, get involved with, like, court intrigue with, in a way. So, not happy about it. We already kind of covered that in the last episode, that uh, all these other nearby governors were getting a little pissy about the Jews on the up and up. And uh, he he sees that the Jews are actually getting serious about rebuilding. So, it went from, like, they were talking about it, mm-hmm. to now the plan's in place, and they're actually building. And he decides he's going to, he's pissed, first off. So it's, he's gonna he's gonna do like the troll face, but crying behind because this guy is mad as hell. But he starts to try and make jokes about it. So it says he's hanging out with some of the other nearby governors. They're looking at the Jewish progress of rebuilding Jerusalem, and they're just making little jokes like, "Oh yeah, you guys gonna build back your wall? You gonna start making sacrifices again? Are you gonna do it in one day?" Which to me is like if my house burned down. And I come back after the fire, and I'm, like, picking up the scraps of my life. And my neighbor's like, oh, yeah, you're going to rebuild that house in one day? And I'm like, no. Uh, oh, you, just- you moving in? Your, your kids, you already canceled the lease, huh? At the Holiday Inn? You're like, no, I. Jesus. Just really mean, honestly. Frick, yeah. <laughs> I, I, my, my Bible's, like, uh, says the same thing, of course. We're, we're reading different versions. But what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify Jesus. themselves? Do they make sacrifices? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish? Stones that are burnt. You know, yeah, which, like, I don't know if they know how rocks work. This was like before yeah. physics. So rocks right. are fine, actually. They didn't know. Them. They were levitating because gravity hadn't been invented by the Catholics yet. So they were like, hey, hey. <laughs> um, Get that rock down here. Uh, it, it, is kind of, it is kind of funny. I, you know, it's like, would these feeble Jews build a wall for them? And I'd be like, if I was a Jew, I'd be like, didn't I just rape you like 70 years ago? Like, what is all this... What's all I, mean, shit? That's, I don't know if that's an own per se, <laughs> but okay. It, it'd be like, you know, it'd be like, yeah, if you rape their sister and then like you, their, your house burns down, they're like, what are you going to build it a day? Like, guys, come on. <laughs> I don't know if I like this analogy. Remember middle is, school? No. The point is that it's actually a really dumb question. So like, what are you going to do? Build that wall back? And the obvious answer is yes. Yeah, it's like, a bunch of rocks. Yeah. I'll build well, I mean, and he also has a fucking letter. From the King of Kings himself to do this, so it's like, what are these guys even getting at? Yeah, it's it, it, it's like um, it's like your car got totaled. Kind of keeping with your same analogy, you know. Yeah. But you already got the check from the insurance company, and you've yeah. got the you've got the frame on blocks, and you got the engine being delivered. You're like, oh yeah, you're gonna race the Kentucky Derby. Like, no, but guys, I'm I mean, I got my the car back. Yeah, I got the check here. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a bucket of oil next to me. I'm, you know, it's gonna be some but, effort. The thing is that, to me, this ends up reading like bullshit. That I think they put this in here just to make antagonists out of these governors. Because this ridicule doesn't make sense. Hmm. That's an interesting take. Because we're going to get more. and th- These antagonists are more and more part of the story. Yeah. And it is a little bit like, um, 
Nehemiah's kind of stance is like, see how mean they are to me, you guys? See how yeah. mean they are to me? And then his, you know, we'll get to the to how Nehemiah uh, uh, reacts to it. But it, yeah. it, it does seem a little bit like propaganda. Like, you see how bad they are to me, you guys? Yeah, because spoiler alert, nothing is going to fucking happen. They're just angry at me that I raped their sister. And now okay, they're okay, making- okay. <laughs> so the point is that they're getting made fun of. And what does Nehemiah do? Uh, other than, of course, curse them. So yeah. the Bible has a real thing with insults, personal insults. It's very uh, sensitive, right? Mm. So Nehemiah hears that these rulers are making fun of them. So, of course, he says, God, give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. So basically let them be pillaged and raped and, raped. and killed. Yeah, yeah. And uh, which, again, that's a lot. Like, he's just making some jokes. And <sighs> It reminds me of the kids that made fun of uh, Elijah or whoever for being bald, and then God sent bears to mold him. <laughs> right. It's like, guy, get a fucking sense of humor for one second. You what's, know? what's weird is you see it a lot today. I mean, I remember a certain argument we had on Facebook with a guy where we were like, <laughs> or he was like, yeah, they're making us wear masks. Like, yeah. And he's like, I hope they get murdered. I'm like, damn. <laughs> It's a yeah, lot. I mean, it's a lot for that. Heavy. You know, like, because, yeah, because uh, Tobias says, whatever they build, if even a fox goes up on it, it will break down. And he's like, I hope they fucking get raped and murdered. That, I hope that they die. Especially since the fox joke wasn't even funny. Like, that was the weird friend that's like, uh, he, like a brick from uh, Anchorman. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, jumps yeah. in with a joke at the end. And you're like, come on, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like it's like a basketball game and he gets dunked on. You're like, ha, ha, ha. I hope he has a weak stream that turns into some form of prostate cancer. Like, God. <laughs> Dude, why? Damn, Tobiah. <laughs> yeah, Tobiah's <laughs> weird. Tobiah is weird. Um, yeah, so he's just like, I'm angry. And and it's it's like a, I don't know, like a, a Rocky comeback story. Although even the protagonists and the antagonists and Rocky were usually kind of nice about it, you know? I mean, there was yeah. a little bit of, there was a little bit of that, uh, boxing jibber jabber but that's just kind of what it feels like it's like a little bit like like he's like and they said even a fox would break down the wall and then you get to him so so like uh you know four six so we built the wall and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height for the people had a mind to work he's like see we built half a wall well yeah i mean this is obviously it's just checking in at one point during the building boom it's halfway up it's it's recording progress. Um, right. I'm not saying know, it's it, done, but I'm just saying he's like, yeah. And so we started building the wall. And it's like, all right, it is cool. It's gonna build, and of course, as they see it being built, build that they're wall. getting even more pissed off. Um, they're seeing that gaps are being closed in the wall. That's making them angry. Again, I don't know why. What the I, fuck do they? I, care? I feel like in modern days, this is like when the Mexicans see our wall getting built. And they see those uh, gas getting closed on. They're just like, mm, mm, I don't think it is like that. I'm because gonna, I'm going to dig under that fucker. Because Jerusalem building a wall uh, makes sense. Right. As opposed to like us but, spending billions of dollars to build a stupid wall. <laughs> well, you don't think that makes sense? How are we going to nope. keep out the foxes? <laughs> I don't think it keeps out foxes. I want to disrupt some fucking mountain lion. Uh, oh, sure. Mating trails, uh, you know? Yeah. I see what you're going. I want to break up their genetic material and send them into spirals of decline. Huh. Well, that would do it if you wanted to accomplish that. I I want to fuck up monarch butterflies. That I do agree with you on. They're stupid. Uh, (laughs) Okay. So they're getting mad that the the gaps are being closed in the walls, right? And uh, kind of stirring up trouble, basically, but not really. You know, it's all, again, very much just smack talk. Nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, 
because they're working overtime, Nehemiah's driving these people pretty fucking hard with the whip. Uh, they're starting to get tired, you know, and there's so much rubble around them from like the previous wall that it's overwhelming. And so you're seeing like a decline in morale for the Jewish people, especially since I'm assuming Nehemiah is telling them that all this stuff that the nearby antagonists are saying to spur them on, but that's also demoralizing. Let me ask you a question. We should probably look this up because obviously there's an answer. I've noticed that it's starting to call these people Jews. Okay. And I've also noticed that they're specifically saying, you know, the people of Judah were angry that they were being worked so hard. Is that where Jew comes from? Does it mean Judean? Does it literally just mean people from that one tribe? Let's find out. Let's look that up. Yeah, it comes from the Hebrew Judah. So you're correct that it's specific to that side of Israel. It's interesting. interesting. Yeah. This- I, I, I guess, you know, it makes a big deal about the 12 tribes. And now we're essentially because of the way that Babylon pulled people away versus how Assyria pulled people away. Now we're yeah. down to one tribe who are now calling themselves Jews. Which is slang for Judah, which is funny because that's really leaving out the fact that there's plenty of Levites and Benjamites still around. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're not they're not cool. Uh, it's yeah. just kind of a interesting thing. I didn't real you know, I don't know. I just would have thought that a uh, – I mean, not that we have those guys anymore. Wasn't there like a tribe named Shechem or uh, Shem? Or uh, no, Sh- Shechem was the place where they uh, raped Zena. It's so yeah. Well, that that's true. I'm trying to remember. Like I, I know there was a couple ones that we kind of like. Uh, like Dan's at least one I would remember. It's been yeah. so long since we've talked There's about anyone Loki. that wasn't uh, Dan, Benjamin, or Loki, uh, Shazam. Yeah, those yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's just kind of uh, yeah. So I don't know. It's just kind of weird that they are now calling themselves one people, but they're really just calling themselves Judeans, Jews. Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting to to think that. I did. I didn't realize that it got to that point in the Bible where it was just one. Because like I was always interested in like, oh well, you know, are Jews still able to keep track of like what tribe they're from? But now, and and the answer is no. But mm. then looking at this, it's like, well, that's there is only one tribe basically. Yeah, and I kind of think that I guess part of the reason is is that I think it's a key point of their religion that they are separate and isolated. And really only the Judeans kind of – all the other one, Naphtali and all those other dudes, they just kind yeah. of assimilated with the Sumerians and whomever and just fucked their way into – you know. and now it's like, it's well, like oh, yeah, choice. I'm 136th I'm Native American. You're like, whatever, Pocahontas. You know, it's like it, you, know, you don't really – Yeah. It, you know, I see what you're saying. You're kind yeah, of. I, you know. I don't know – yeah, I don't. I don't know if if because there were surely there was. Haven't we talked about people that were like Neftali that were still around though? I think there was not, a mention. Not not in a minute. Not in a minute. Yeah. We talked about Neftali. Okay. I, I think since prior to I, Kings, maybe Samuel, I, there was a mention of a Neftali. I think they were pretty much destroyed by by the time we get to. I like think Saul. some of these Israelites though, or Jews or whatever we want to call them at this point, I think some of them are outside of just. Well, we know we have Judah, Levi, and Benjamin, but I think there are some others mixed in there um, from the diaspora, from the original capturing of Israel, because we're going to get into this in a second, but there's more still coming in, mm. right, from around the, the basically the, the world at that time. But 
let's keep going and we'll kind of get to that. We can keep, we can bring it back up when we get there. All right, let's do it. Uh, but yeah, I just thought that was an interesting thing. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think ostensibly, ostensibly, it's kind of like, oh yeah, these are the last of the Jews. They, they, they're no longer really Israelis or Israelites because that implies, you know, descended from Jacob, the tribe. Yeah. These are a very Israel small, guy. You know, yeah, yeah. Fuck, there's, you know, there's not a lot of Benjamites anymore. There's no Josephans or whatever, the house of Joseph or whatever the fuck, or, or uh, Zebulon and Manasseh and all those other dudes. Yeah, yeah Zebulon. It, it's basically just the Judah. Yeah. At least that's the only one we're recognizing. And probably has a lot Judah, to do with, you know, pr- probably a lot to do with the David situation. Right. Um, okay. So, uh, the Jews are getting upset, right? They're a being worked to the bone. B don't have a lot of stuff, right? Uh, material wise. And then C they're hearing all this stuff about outside agitators wanting to maybe kill them all. Uh, they're, uh, they're concerned that at any moment, you know, these Sumerians or whoever are going to charge in out of the foothills and wipe them out in the middle of their, their hard work. Right. So it's it's understandably stressful. So what Nehemiah does is he starts setting up. Not only are they now working basically around the clock, he starts setting up guard stations, right? Especially at these gaps in the wall. So you can imagine they're building this huge wall around all of Jerusalem. Um, there are still some weak points. It's not even that tall yet, but these weak points especially are, are where they're concerned about a raid coming in or whatever. So at nighttime, some of the workers even are having to also be guards, and it's just like this constant situation. And yeah. Then I, what they st- go ahead. Go ahead. When I say what he does then is it becomes like a constant state of being ready for war. So he has the workers with guards. He's got workers carrying swords. If you go to get water from the well, you got your spear, you got your shield. Like it's full on martial law, basically. Yeah, it's a heightened sense of alert, and and, that, and that's basically all there really is to uh, the rest of this chapter. Is like, hey, you know, bring your friends, bring your brothers. We need more manpower because you're going to do a shift working on the wall, and then you're going to do a shift where you're just on guard duty, and then you yeah. know, sleeping, eating, shitting, whatever you got to do. Um, it's crazy hard for me not to continually compare this to modern day Israel, <laughs> right? Just, just kind of having to try to maintain your borders while in an incredibly hostile environment with sort yeah. of persistent attacks. Well, coming yeah. back from an exile, right? Right, aka the hall, you know, post post World War Two, mm-hmm. coming back to Israel, just like they d- they're doing here, um, being surrounded by enemies, just like they are here, and then having everyone be a soldier, which is that what the IDF is, you know. Right. So it's very similar. Um, obviously, there's a billion differences that we could tear it apart with, but yeah, those Jews that are married, lot, so not like they're parallels. supposed to. I mean, look at the Six Day War and stuff like that. We're like, yeah, literally everyone around them. I saw a Jewish girl marrying an Italian guy, and I was like, it's like you don't want the second coming of Jesus. Okay, well, thanks, Dad. Uh, The the point is, I I think it's just kind of funny that, uh, not funny, but interesting (laughs) that it, a lot of it lines up. A lot of it is kind of disturbingly similar to modern times. Yeah, yeah. You know, coming from a captivity to live in a hostile land where you kind of have to terrorize your way to your borders. Yeah, it's very build some fences. Very, build some fences. Take some olive fields. Throw some rocks. That's literally what's happening. It's very, very interesting. So that's what's going on basically for the rest of chapter four. Um, they set up uh, kind of a network 
of all right, hey, if you hear these trumpets blowing anywhere, run there with your with your arms ready to fight. Um, and they basically, you know, they're on high alert at all times, ready to guard this wall as they're building it. Yeah, and that's the end of uh, chapter four. Toz. Chapter five is the worst humble brag of all time. <laughs> it's kind awful. of an. It, it, is it a humble brag? I kind of I had some interesting thoughts about it. Oh well, the end of chapter five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, it's kind of. Well, there's some parallels here. To it. Let's there's go. some parallels Let's go. to it. So chapter five starts with basically the people kind of coming over and be like, "Hey, man, we're under a heavy yoke. You know, we took out these massive loans. Uh, some of us, you know, it's, it's it's a mixed group of people. There's some people who took out massive loans uh, using their farm as collateral. There's some people who don't even have land who also have debts." That are holding them back. And then there's probably, I don't know, some kids with some student loans, shit like that. Yeah. I mean, you got to think. So many of these Jews were were like Nehemiah in that they worked somewhere in the Persian kingdom. And they were able to kind of leave what they were doing and go to Jerusalem. Some of them are fucking slaves. Mm-hmm. Right? They're all over the and Some of them are the fucking stratus. slaves. Yes. And you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> no, you're not. They got in trouble for that. No, the but... What's going on is that some of those Jews who were slaves in Persia got back to Jerusalem by being purchased by other Jews. <laughs> All right. So, which is cool. It's yeah. emancipation. It's very cool. But then. Well, <laughs> well yeah. You're exactly. still a slave. <laughs> kind of. Because they got moved from slave status to more of like a wage slave. Where uh-huh. now they owe to their fellow Jews who are charging them interest, which as we're going to find out, it's a big no-no. So they go to they go to Nehemiah, these people who are wage slaves or are just being crippled by debt and, you know, having to pay their fellow Jews interest and stuff. And they're like, hey, man, you know, this is kind of fucked. Isn't, isn't our life tough enough right now without these extra financial stressors being put on us by our own people? Yeah. They're, they're like, wouldn't it benefit the economy if we just wiped out the debt that the government could wipe out? Yeah. You know, and they're like, that sounds like socialism for rich people. This is literally communism, what they're about to do, basically. <laughs> yeah. Full blown. So, so yeah, basically, they, they ask Nehemiah, hey, you know, the economy is stifled. Kids are living with their parents. If only the government could step in and erase the debt, it would actually be to the greater benefit of society as a whole. And Nehemiah's like, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nehemiah isn't just like, uh, yeah, he's like, dude, that's fucking bullshit. Are you telling me that there's Jew-on-Jew ursery? Yeah. It's it's okay to sell other people into slavery. It's okay to ruin them, you know? Yeah. But that's because those are our enemies. We only lend to our enemies, you know? Correct. We don't don't charge interest to family, to friends, you know? We don't own Jew slaves. And I, I wonder if that's like, I wonder if there were any Jews that were just sitting there when this was going on, like, okay, so we only lend to our enemy, you know? So what if we could create, I don't know, a bank that lends to the whole world because they're all our enemies? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I don't think it's about enemies, first off. I, l- I appreciate your extremely anti-Semitic <laughs> joke. Thanks. <laughs> For getting one step closer to us being canceled somehow. <laughs> but I don't think that it's about enemy. It's about in-group, out-group, right? You ah. just can't. These are God's chosen people. You can't tax God's chosen I, people I think like it's that. a property of association or something like that. You know, like. Well, they're clearly not enemies with every outsider. They've been eh. friends. They've been friends with plenty of groups eh. of people. 
I mean, they were buddies with Damascus at one point. The King of Tyre was their good buddy. It's uh, fine to be it's friends. Transactional. It's fine to be friends. You, but you're you just can't ha- have interest on Jews or own Jews, right? And then, of course, there's the whole Jubilee year and all that stuff. But the point is, right. what Nehemiah sets up is basically to wipe the debt, to make it illegal to uh, charge interest, and in fact, to pay back any of the interest that they had charged up to that point. So yeah, it's a big deal for the and and you got to remember some of these Jews that are here are very powerful families and mm-hmm. they were doing fine during the exile, right? They went somewhere, they set up, they ran a business, whatever. They were some sort of a cattle merchant. I don't know, mm-hmm. but these guys, as soon as they got back, you know, they're coming in and they're all f- different levels of social stratus in in Persia, and that kind of remains in place that the 1% are able to keep getting richer type situation because they already own everything. They can charge everyone for the food they have, blah, 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 blah. So he basically erases that, makes it where everyone's kind of uh, equal, mm-hmm. if you will, financially at least. Yeah, it's a very, uh, very radical leftist ideology. Quite right, quite yeah. right. I don't think the Bible supports this, that the Bible no, just said. No, it does not. I've heard very often that God helps those who help themselves. I don't think he's the kind of guy that just uh, wipes out loans yeah, Jesus was the first slumlord. Right. I don't know if you- <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all, everyone knows that. He set up a uh, project housing, you know. Yeah, living rent-free in our hearts. <laughs> uh, Anyways. Uh, all right, and then, and then the end of uh, chapter five is, my Bible calls it the generosity of Nehemiah. Uh, I, I don't know how much you have to fucking talk about this, but basically Nehemiah is like, and I didn't even take a salary. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Hilariously, he... Uh, he says to the he mentions as because he's writing this. Yeah, it's that, it's you know, from the first person. He's like, and also I didn't even take that money, and and also the prostitute she gave the money back. <laughs> so he says, he says that in the twelve years, the first twelve years basically of his reign of governor, not only did he not take the prescribed food allotment to the governor, right by the people, he turned that down. He also stopped uh, taxing the people, which previous governors before Nehemiah in the in Jerusalem had been doing. So basically, he's just the greatest guy ever, trust me, Yeah, I. He's like, I'm going to be working so hard, I'm not even going to have time to golf. Yeah, that's right. He's and like, that's, he, he literally says yeah, that. Yeah, like, he's like, I'm not even going to take my salary. And it's not like he could just like funnel Secret Service dollars to his like resorts. Like, this is legitimate. He just was like, yeah, I you know, for dinner, you know what I ate? One ox, couple of... Uh, Sheep, no big deal. Wasn't a big old fucking to do. I, I I could slim down, put some solar panels on the White House. It's no big deal. He even goes so far as to end the chapter saying, "Remember me with favor, God, for all I have done for these people." It's kind of gross. I mean, from an autobiographical perspective, it is. Yes, um, I know. I think. <laughs> That's what I said. And, and my bed, it was rocks. I gave the cushions to orphans. You're like, oh, that's cool, I guess. You know, like, yeah. I don't know if I believe you or not. You know. Um, yeah, orphans need cushions, not parents. I, I, I guess it's fine idiots. that it's in here. It, it does sound like that last thing where he's like, yeah, and I didn't even take the money. You know, or it also could just be like, because he's asking rich people to give up on their income. You know. He, sure. he he's he's cutting loopholes in the tax system. He's saying, "Hey, all these debts and all these systems of income that you had st- structured on the backs of your fellow Jews, I'm breaking those." But and I think to kind of like, guys, I'm still one of you too. I'm I ate soup today. You know, I'm I'm I I cut I I I cut my own budget. 
Yeah, it's leading by example, I guess. Yeah. I, you're you're doing Nehemiah apologies, apologetics, which is fine. Well, I think whatever. you're right. I, I don't think Nehemiah has done anything thus far. It's a little gross from an autobiographical standpoint, but uh, I think He's letting least, us know that it's not like a rules for thee, but not for me situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think Nehemiah has done anything that really has like ticked my radar as being kind of fucky thus far. Well. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. <laughs> you know, it's uh, other than a couple of like, oh yeah, then they were mean to me, and also I didn't take a salary. Aren't I the best boy ever? Remember me, God. He writes in yeah. the Bible. <laughs> yeah, he writes right. So that's chapter five. Um, chapter six, things. It's it tries to make it sound like things are getting more agitated and more turned up, but they're really not. But let's get I, into yeah, it. I, I think it is getting a little bit more turned up. I, I, I think this is an escalation. Maybe. Well, okay, yeah. So, basically, you've got the old group of antagonists, right? You've got Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem, um, which is Syria, uh, Amman, and, like, this Arab guy. I don't know where he rules over. But it's these governors and all these other enemies basically find out that the the wall has now been completely gapped up. There's no more fucking holes, right? Mission accomplished. Mm-hmm. They're they're basically safe from attack. Of course, unless like they the haven't Persian put army. the gate up, but the True. wall is secure. Yeah. So the only weak points are like the gates, but that's a pretty that's fairly defensible, I would imagine, compared to uh, you know where we were. Well, I mean, so, the point is things are the the Jews are succeeding. Yeah, and all those the stuff wall. they were joking about, saying, oh, are you going to build the walls back? Yeah, they built the walls back. Yeah, yeah. The walls are back. So kind of a kind of a smudge to these guys who thought it would never happen, who were trying to maybe exert some force to it, stop it. It almost sounds like, uh, kind of going back to the analogies, it almost like they're rival frat houses, and then there's yeah. that one shack and they finally like back on like oh that's the poor people's fucking shack they're not going to they're not going to they're not going to challenge us five cap of fives and they're like well i don't you know and then they're like they're, you just see them like they got the roof back on you're like well damn it they're about to put up their Ugh. fucking letters and they're going to they're going to challenge us for the grossman's ball ah, 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 you know are they going to hate seven they I entered the, the they entered the they, <laughs> they entered the ultimate frisbee tournament they're not possibly <laughs> going to try to take that from us you guys are they <laughs> What they've got a wheelchair kid? Okay, so. <laughs> Damn it! All that fucking extra grant money they're gonna get. This is bullshit. <laughs> so um, basically, at this point, assuming that this is true, uh, the antagonists decide to to kind of to take out this Nehemiah guy. Yeah. So they start sending messages directly to Nehemiah, saying, "Hey, man, come uh Come meet us over in this little village down here, uh, the the town of Ono, which, yeah. you know, right off the bat. Oh, sounds... I guess I, I didn't mean MLK. I meant John Lennon him. They tried to John Lennon him. Yeah, sure. So uh, they said to the Ono. <laughs> I, see, shoot, I got you. I got you. <laughs> uh, anyway, but yeah, so the point is he's in this now fortified city. They can't really rush it in there and just gang rape him. Um, so they're sending him a message. Hey, which, man. Which, why not? Why didn't they? Yeah, I know. I guess. Well, I guess they don't want to piss off Artaxerxes, so they've been sure. trying to. They've been trying to play, and I think they're still trying to do that. It's like, hey, we can't really openly attack you. We can't just have war on the borders and kill a bunch of civilians and farmers and livestock yeah. in the process that are just going to fuck up taxes being sent back home. 
Sure, but if this really respectable leader of theirs was, say, traveling to the town of Ono and had maybe a little accident on his way, yeah. you know, maybe maybe some bandits come down out of the town. And we've yeah. all so, we've all tried this, you know, the, the, where you just like take the guy you hate, but like, hey man, can you come over in this closet? Like what? Like I gotta tell, I gotta tell you something. Like just tell me here. It's a secret. I don't want other people to hear. I just want you to come with me to this closet. Why do you have a handful of piano wire? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a very it's it, it, it's so transparent. So all these rival governors are just sending letters to Nehemiah. Hey man, would you just meet us in a abandoned over and over? Hey, would you just meet me in this old warehouse down by the river? And he's like, <laughs> I don't want to do that. They're like, guys, you're not being cool. You're embarrassing yourself. Everyone's gonna be so excited to see you at the old warehouse by the river, and you're kind of fucking up plants. Yeah. Why don't you just be neat? Why would, so, why would you just be fucking cool, Nehemiah? He, he fends this off by consistently replying, hey, you know, sorry, I'm overseeing this building project. I can't go. So they finally snap and send him a, a letter, a sealed letter that says, listen, words going out among the nations, and so it's been verified that you and the Jews are plotting to revolt, and that's why you're building your wall. So you'll be ready to revolt against Persia, which is fucking insane, I would imagine. I guess. I don't know. Yeah, um, something, And I don't know if this is an important quote. Yeah. Uh, but my Bible makes mention of it and says it's an important quote. I've never heard it before. Sure. But they keep being like, hey, man, meet us in the warehouse down by the river. And he goes, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? And they're like, that's a great quote. Everyone uses that quote all the time. You this know. makes sense, though, but whatever. I mean, I guess it's like a good shine. You know, like, hey, man, are you going to come down to the thing? He's like, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm busy doing, like, great things. I don't have time to just fuck off down to the fucking bar with you kids. I mean, but the problem with that is, why would the work stop just because he was gone for a day? I guess he's overseeing it, you know? I mean, he's so, the one saying, hey, man, make sure you wear a sword while you shit. Yeah, there's no one else capable of, like keeping that going for a day i don't know it doesn't seem like that great of a rebuttal like yeah it works for well the situation. i mean it's like it's like what you do when you don't want to see your kid you know he's like you come to the baseball game like i would but i'm busy you know yeah and you're just locking you think watching, pays for that baseball bat yeah you're just you watching bell define streams nonstop. you know it's like i'm okay i can't go to that i don't go to your fucking recital you know that's basically that's basically what's going on here uh um, that's fair uh yeah so they're basically like hey everyone say i mean it's again that like no come in the fucking closet he's like why dude everyone says you're about to shoot up the school and we need to come up with a plan come into the closet yeah so he gets this message from them saying that he's planning the revolt to which he replies yeah uh sorry that's not happening you're making it up out of whole cloth yeah um i and i like it they it's keep a- trying to but my, um, I, I, I like the quote. It's a uh, Nehemiah six eight. Then I sent to him saying, "No such things as you say are being done, but you invent them in your own heart." I saved that one for later. That one's getting screenshot. <laughs> okay, <laughs> your dad's gonna get it. <laughs> so, uh, they're all trying to frighten him basically, and he believes that their plan is just by constantly. You know, they're not actually attacking, but by constantly barraging them with this, like, idea that there's some sort of violence, mm-hmm. it's just taxing on the workers, which I guess makes sense, right? I you mean, know, it's They're having to carry around their swords. Yeah. They're having to stand guard, not just build. They're having to also have some guys stand guard. Just a lot. 
Well, I mean, so, let's think of you like lived in an apartment complex and you're working on like a tech startup. You're trying to make the next Google. Yeah, now and, people are going to understand it. Well, whatever. You're, the point is you're in your apartment, but you're also working and you're sure. trying to build something. And your neighbors are like, hey, man, meet us down in the warehouse. You're like, I, I, I kind of have to focus on what I'm doing. And there's just being letters being thrown up like, we're going to kill you. And you're like, damn it. Yeah, I yeah. really do have to focus on what I got going on. And the people literally next door are scratching on the walls constantly. Yeah. It's like if you were trying to build a really cool Lego set, but right. there was also a zombie outbreak. Yeah, that's because exactly. Because apparently we need more analogies. Let's yeah, just keep doing yeah, this. Yeah, you're like, I'm trying to make the Lego Death Star. <laughs> and there's zombies at my there's door. There's zombies at the door just windows. banging, you know. Yeah, my point is it's not just a noise disturbance. There's an underlying threat. Yeah. Okay, people get it now, I believe. So we can keep going. The point is, he basically then prays to God, hey, God, we're getting weak because we're so stressed out and we're overworked. Strengthen our it's like hands. You're in a, it's like you're in a John boat and there's shark-infested waters everywhere. Oh you're gosh, just fishing. And you've got your friends with you. Like, you should go in. Like, dude, you should get in there. I bet you could swim to the shore if you're, you're like, stop. And they're just handing you four locos. They're like, get. I bet you can make it. Okay, that analogy was worth it. I got to hand it to you. So, finally, what happens is he hears from a shut-in. There's this guy. I don't really... I can't track who he is. It says who his like father and grandfather are. Whatever. There's a guy locked in his house, scared as shit, little piss baby. And Nehemiah goes to see him for some reason. And Where the does guy it says say to him, that? It, mine calls him a secret informer. Oh, mine just says that he is shut in at his home. Oh, whatever. My, it's a guy. My my it's Bible describes him as a double agent. So like I, it's, a, it's such a weird, different translation. Well, yeah, he is definitely a double agent. We'll get to right. that. That's kind of a spoiler. The point is that he says to Nehemiah, for some reason they meet, and he says, listen, you need to go hide in the temple. People are coming to kill you fucking tonight, bro. Like, I imagine this guy is coked out of his head. He's right. like the the informant in like a, a cop movie. Yeah, you know, yeah. He's, like just, he's just jittering. He's just scratching his neck. Yeah. Hey, man, I heard word on the street is you're, they're coming for you tonight. Yeah. You got to go yeah. into the temple, lock yourself up, and hide there. Now, here's why that's important. He can't go into the temple and do that because that's a sin, right? He's not allowed to go into that part of the temple that the guy is suggesting he go into because he's not a priest or whatever. Mm -hmm. He's just a fucking governor. Yeah, he's a bureaucrat. what it explains to you next is that this guy is up to some shit. So now my first says to him, listen, do I look like a fucking coward? You think I'm going to run in the temple like a pussy? No, I'm not that kind of guy. Like, that's not me. I'm not supposed to go in the temple. I know better than that. I already told them that I'm busy. Yes. So we find out the reason that this guy allegedly, again, this could just be Nehemiah's paranoia, which I personally prescribe to. Mm-hmm. But apparently what Nehemiah tells us is that this guy is on the payroll of all those go- other governors, right? All the other foreigners. And they're paying him to freak out Nehemiah, demoralize him from the inside, which is smart. But it sounds like, again, paranoia, paranoid rantings. I think it's also, again, as you mentioned, a ploy to get him to break the rules of the temple. Yes. Because people have been murdered for much, 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 much less. Yeah. You know? I, <laughs> I mean, it, uh, honestly, breaking into a temple to hide would be pretty low on the reasons to die. But the Jews will kill you for almost nothing. Yeah, and God will God kill you will. for even less than nothing. Far less. So, <laughs> basically, Nehemiah is wise to this ploy, assuming that it's even real. I don't think it is. And uh, 
is basically like, nope, I know you're trying to just discredit me. You're trying to make me look like a piece of shit, trying to undermine me from the inside so he doesn't fall for it. Uh, and then it goes on to say that Tobiah and Sambalot, these these outside agitator guys, um, were paying off all kinds of prophets to do this, to, to lie. So uh, some lady named Noadiah, they were paying her to try and intimidate him. So, you know, the prophets, which I always saw as this like very special class, are apparently shitheads. They yeah, are just, taking money to prophesy that he's going to get fucked or whatever. It's kind of funny that even the prophet class, whatever the fuck that is, I mean, because prophets are kind of... It's very hazy. Yeah, what the fuck even are prophets? There's some that are mentioned here and there. It's basically anyone that claims to talk for God, but it's not like there's like a certificate or a school you can go to. It's just any fucking nut job off the street. It's anyone that can get a hold of a, a bunch of opium <laughs> become a prophet. <laughs> you know, it, it, honestly, I think it's harder to become a, a, a licensed notary than it is to become <laughs> a prophet. It, just anyone can fucking do it. Um, and even in that, even in that low, it, it's like... Um, for real, though, I bet they're getting high as shit. Yeah, yeah, probably. I was trying I mean, to think. That's what, I, prophets, that's what prophets have been historically. I'm trying to remember what the specific word high. is, but I saw one. They, there's always one at the fucking farmer's market. It's people that specializes in foot massages, but they claim yeah. it's a medical thing. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, this oh, pressure sure. point will fix your liver. I'm like, okay. And they're like, and listen. Oh, like you, acupressure stuff? Kind of. It's, it's it's specifically a massage just for feet, but it's with a it's a little pressurized ball that they claim can connect to. Because all the nerves feed from the foot. And yeah, every right. single but, major organ and disease is tied to nerve damage from your feet, and you can fix it with a massage. And by the way, I have a course that will teach you these skills. And within the first week, it's a 12-week course, but within the first week, you can already start giving the massages and then start teaching your own classes, as long as you're there one week behind you. Yeah, and my massages come with a written guarantee that I will not be jerking off to these foot massages I give you later. <laughs> Which is hard to come by. It's hard to come by in this industry. Yeah, yeah. I had to sign a whole fucking litany of waivers. I got to check in for your webcam. Uh, but <laughs> look, you see me not jerking off. <laughs> not right now. Well, yeah, uh, see me. This is my, this is my this is my designated jerk off time. Not doing it. <laughs> so, um, well, I guess my point is that it's funny that even for that low level, they're still rampant with corruption. It, yeah. It'd be like if you found out like meter maids had a, like a corruption thing. You're like, guys, I can't imagine anyone with less power still feeling the need to be a bunch of jackasses about it. You know? Yeah. Well, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, it goes on to tell us after we find out about that the prophets are shit. That sure enough, uh, twenty on the twenty fifth day of Elul, uh, like September, the the wall. Yes, September, October, or August. I mean. Uh, the wall was completed after 52 days of work, which, damn, two months? Knocked yeah. it out. I mean, not done um, in a day, also, but, I mean, yeah, what do you want? Fun fact, the Jewish month of Elul actually derives from their time in Babylonian captivity. So this is kind of a new thing. What do you mean? The name well, Elul? I was just about to say, it sounds like they keep using different terms, and I've never heard the same name mentioned twice. Exactly. It, it, so I looked it up, and the the term Elul, the Hebrew whatever word month, did not exist until after their Babylonian capti captivity because it deri it's derived from the Babylonian word for harvest. Oh, interesting. I yeah. I, I mean, it, it, I was honestly percolating a joke on that where it sounds like every single time they're like, oh yes, and, the, and this month this happened. It's like it seems like every single time they mention a month, they're just making it up. A new month, you know, yeah. Oh, and here in Jugust and uh, Rocktober, you're like, this is the first time you've ever used this term. Why am Rocktober's I? Rocktober's real. Rocktober and Toyotathon, you know, whatever the fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> you know, whatever they got going on, it just you know, it, it it just seems like every time they're like, oh yes, and we all know how the month of Bagul is. They're like, what? Yeah, making this shit up. <laughs> <laughs> so they finished the wall, and it says that when all the enemies nearby saw that the wall was finished, they got afraid and lost their self confidence. Which is like when my neighbor got that big ass truck. I haven't gotten an erection since then. <laughs> How could you? you? Know, I look over, I see that thing, and I just. I know? I felt the same way. My neighbor got a big ass truck, no erections, and then he got these fucking dangling nuts hanging from the back, full <laughs> fucking mast. Every time I. <laughs> he brought you back. He brought me back. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how you did it, but what a guy. I'm confused, but anyway, yeah, don't, so. don't don't dig too deep on that one, brother. <laughs> feel like a slight gray pain going over my memories on that one um <laughs> so and then for whatever reason it's like oh yeah by the way tobiah was just kind of a rich fuck i, I don't know I, I i don't know what the last bit of it tobiah who's a frequent villain and is mentioned kind of in passing he's an ammonite uh but he's married into the jewish people but he's married into the jewish people he's very wealthy and he knows and a just, lot of jews and he's like talks not just them. any jews he's married into like one of the most powerful families which right. is interesting. And here's the crazier part. Tobiah is a Hebrew name that means Jehovah is good. Very strange. Yeah. So it, the, Nehemiah calls him an Ammonite, which might be a, like an odd dig. You know, it, yeah. it'd be like it'd be like you're you're um, a local city councilman. And there's another guy from a rival city councilman who, like, is from the same area. He knows a lot of the same people. He's married to a rich family. But guys, guys. He's one quarter Portuguese. You mean Tobiah the Portuguese guy? And they're like, well, kind of. I mean, yeah, he had it, one. His it grandma. almost feels like he's one of the kids that got kicked out by Ezra. I know that probably doesn't line up timeline wise, but that's who that's who he seems like he would be. Uh, uh, I mean, it could be because Nehemiah takes place hold on. slightly. I can look Ezra. up. I think it's like almost like twenty years. So no, uh, it, maybe. Because, uh... I think it's 13 years. No, hold on. Because it was... No, yep, yep. Because Ezra left during the seventh year of Artaxerxes, Mm -hmm. and uh, Nehemiah did in the 20th. It was 13 years. So it's been over a decade. It's entirely possible that he was a teenager or a young kid or somebody, or or even a grown-ass man who's like, you gotta go. And then he's now an... You know, they're like, oh, yeah, you're the Ammonite. How else else did he marry into these, like, rich Jewish exiles? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that, wouldn't that be wild if he's? I mean, then he's suddenly he becomes the protagonist in my book. Yeah, that he's true. That he was the son of a rich kid who had everything stripped from him, and he was sent out. And he's like, well, now I'm Tobiah the Ammonite. I'm no longer. Yeah. I can no longer call myself an Israelite because they've closed the books on our genetics. But uh, which again makes him the good guy of the story. We don't know that. I mean, that that that, that is an interesting. We we can we can. <laughs> We can we can surmise. I, I haven't read anything really. That, my, my Bible's concordance um, doesn't really mention him much, except to say that like um, you know, um, Tobiah, who was either Jewish or a nominal follower of Yahweh, wielded considerable personal influence, enhanced by various family alliances. So it is entirely possible that he was one of those exiled kids, and that's very salacious. Or he could just be, you know. Obviously, the they were intermarrying. Obviously, they were intermingling. He's obviously got money. It's entirely possible he's just more like a, a politician type guy who knows people. And, and Nehemiah also, is an outsider. He is from the empire. He comes back to rule. I could see there being some strife. 
Also, Nehemiah wrote this. So, <laughs> yeah, if know. there's a bigger grain of salt to be taken with a fucking story, yeah. I have never heard of it. Yeah. Because this is probably some bullshit. I- I'm sure he's like Tobiah, who is also very handsome. And all the ladies like Tobiah, and I don't see what the big deal is. Yeah. What an asshole. I, I think that Tobiah is probably actually just a cool guy. Yeah, because uh, it, it definitely is like, um, for many in Judah were pledged to him because he was the son-in-law of Shechaniah, the son of Ara, and his son Jehonahan had married the daughter of Meshulam, the son of... So it sounds like he's intermarried. Also, they reported his good deeds before me and reported my words to him. Tobiah sent letters to frighten me. So... Even from, like, Nehemiah's point of view, he's like, people are always telling me what a fucking huge dick he has and how he donated so much money, and it always makes me feel like shit. This is politics. We're literally just reading, I feel like, an attack ad. Some (laughs) buck-slinging. Right? Yeah, I I, I almost get like a, uh, almost like Nehemiah is like, listen, this guy, Tobiah, he had a church camp. Where he was raping kids. Right. Day in, day out, they had a kid raping factory under all the cabins. Trust me. I almost feel <laughs> like, like it's like a Trump versus Obama thing, you know, where he's like, he, they're like, I heard all these things he did, and everyone seems to like him. And he's like, I didn't take a salary this year. And everyone's like, shut up. <laughs> shut the fuck up, Nehemiah. Yeah, this guy, I man, I'm starting to hate Nehemiah. <laughs> um, look at this picture of Obama shirtless playing basketball. And look at you barely <laughs> able to get out of your golf cart. This is, he's like... Should I didn't take a salad. <laughs> so that's chapter six. Uh, chapter seven sucks. There's a first little part at the beginning yeah, we'll, um, we'll talking about how he set up gatekeepers um, and appointed musicians and Levites and blah, 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 blah. Got things running again. Yeah. It does mention that um, the city is huge and all walled in now, but there's basically nothing on the inside, right? It's been leveled. So there's not even houses and shit. So they're basically, they're, they got a lot of work left to do. Yeah, there, there, there's a couple of key points uh, of chapter seven, and, and I think we'll just blow through it. Um, yeah, it's stupid. Yeah, because seven, he's like, okay, the wall was finished. I hung up the gates. I set everyone up. Okay, you're the guard. This is your duty. You guys monitor the gates, blah, blah, blah. This is an important fucking job. And then he's kind of talking about how, like, yeah, um, the city is huge. There's not a lot of people even in it, and there's just a whole lot of wreckage. It can't even support a large population. But uh, he decides to do a census anyway to try to hammer out genealogy. Like, okay, who yeah. do we got? Where they're from? Let's kind of do a census again. Um, and I don't think it's even worth talking about at any level. But there was only Not about, until the end. There's only about the end of the chapter. 50,000 people? Is that where? Is that about the number you there's, got? That's about correct. Now, what it does is it, it, it lists each family um, and all these different guys, where they came from. Mm-hmm. Um and it ends up with a tally. And so it says the whole company numbered 42,360 besides their 7,337 slaves. So like one seventh of the population of, of Israel now or Jerusalem, whatever, is slaves. Right. Pretty fucky. Um, and probably hard also, to maintain. A lot of civilizations. I feel like the Spartans were one of them. And I feel like Rome was another one. Where at the end of things, their main downfall was that they had a high slave to citizen ratio and they yeah. just crumbled for it. Yeah, uh, because no one wants to do that. Um, <laughs> it's also funny that they off, they, so they say there's 42,000 normal people, right. there's 7,000 slaves, 
And then before they list the horses and mule count and camel count, they also say, oh, by the way, there were also 245 male and female singers. I don't know why they're, they get last listed after the slaves, like they're below them. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe because there's just less of them. Like, it's like. I think people that sing should be listed between slaves and animals. (laughs) They walk that fine line. Yeah, that's true. They basically are slave animals, you know? Like, if you ever see a dolphin, like, popping a ball, that's basically Shakira. (laughs) Okay. Some Shakira hate for the. Does that dolphin ever get molested by a producer? Because otherwise it's doing better. I mean, mean, yes. Uh. I, I, they turned Flipper right the fuck out, brother. I That's don't know true. if you knew that. That's true. They used to just take him to different parties in the hills and yeah. s- stretch him out. Put him in a hot tub. Yeah, he was basically Corey Feldman. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, <laughs> okay, so, yeah, it also says that some of these families contributed a bunch of gold. Of course, it mentions that the governor gave to the treasury. Yeah, of course. A little, Which he doesn't say me. He says the governor, no. which, yeah. I don't know, a little conceited. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they, they got a lot Although, of shit in the Although, I mean, he now. was basically a cupbearer. It's not like he had major assets prior to this. Now he's the governor. I mean, maybe maybe he just maybe he's just like one of those guys that likes living cheap, well, where, you know? Where all that fucking money come from? What? He's not taking taxes from the people, we know, but it says that he gave, the governor gave to the treasury 1,000 derricks of gold. Uh, mm. Which it says- What if he has like a side 20, business? I mean, we don't know. 20 pounds of gold. Yeah. 20 pounds of gold. Anyways- so yeah, everything's in place now. Yay! He's like, I wonder, I wonder if it's just like, oh yeah, then yeah, we didn't take an income tax, but federal tax is still going. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, there might have been something. It, it does seem kind of weird that he doesn't claim to have any real assets coming in or income, but he's still donating money. I don't know. Yeah, a ton could of be gold. corrupt. Who knows? Could be he corrupt. might have made a bunch. He might have had a bunch of gold from when he was in. Maybe it's like when Pablo King's Escobar Palace. like bought all those slums and stuff like that. They're like, "How are you affording this?" He's like, "I have a really good tractor business." Yeah. <laughs> Indeed, I'm just a good but guy. Th- that is uh, graciously the end of chapter seven. I think it's where we're going to stop today. Kind of a nice long episode, right? Um, and we'll pick up on chapter eight next week when we uh, get an old friend Ezra back in to visit with us. Yeah, I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah, because Ezra is still alive and well. We'll, we'll find that. I, I thought Ezra was like, like it doesn't mention Ezra's death, so I'm, and usually yeah. they're pretty good about that. Um, oh yeah, but um, so I assumed he was still alive. But uh, yeah, we'll, so we'll, we'll touch bases with him again next week. It'll be fun. What is this? But, a crossover uh, episode? Oh, that's, what uh, uh, that's what we'll name that episode. That's the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> the crossover. I don't know if we ever did. Have we done that title yet? No. Oh, so perfect. Um, that's it. That's, that's going to be up, uh, 117, uh, a good little chunk of Nehemiah knocked out there. I, I liked this one. Yeah. I, I think don't... that there's a lot of conspiracy Go going on. I think there's a lot of this is like Nehemiah's paranoid brain and, or just con- like boosting his own ego slash biography. I don't like him. Uh, yeah, it definitely, it's kind of interesting because Ezra and Nehemiah are both written largely in the first person yeah and it's kind of weird how i feel like nehemiah's got the harder job of the two of them like i I think more people are trying to kill nehemiah and he's got to deal with a lot of like i i feel like ezra can just kind of show up say some shit you got to get rid of your wives you got to kill that 
cow quicker, you know, whatever. And then he just kind of goes back. Whereas like Nehemiah is actually out there balancing books and like having to hire subcontractors and like making sure the walls to spec and like going through fucking ceremonies and shit. All the while he's like his neighbors are just throwing notes, rocks through the window, be like, come outside, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's definitely he definitely has uh, a more physical job to do something that the you're going to see the effects of that are going to affect people's daily lives more than, you know, kick, I guess, kicking their, Ezra making everyone kick their wives out of their houses was a pretty big deal. It's pretty but, funny. uh, but Nehemiah, yeah, he's actually getting Jerusalem built. He's doing kind of the real work. So it's a little <laughs> more interesting, but he also, he's writing it. So God knows how much of this is, is embellished right. or whatever. Um, just for, for the sake of, of, I wish like, I'd given two shits to read any presidential autobiography in my life to see if it like is, is, is the same. You know, Bill Clinton's like, and then that's when I just left that night. I didn't stick around. I was well, yeah, I went Obama, straight home. Obama's just Obama's just came out where he's like, we really tried not to bomb strike too many civilians. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what? It uh, wasn't easy for me to kill all those people. Yeah, yeah. Every time one of those hospitals was blown up, I had to put a dime in the swear jar. You know? Yeah, I poured. Hey, I poured a little beer out for him. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'm picturing him sitting in the Rose Garden, and they're coming. They're like, "We accidentally hit a school bus." Pours out a beer. He's yeah. like, <laughs> "Pour one out." Anyway, pour one out for my secret Muslim homies. Okay, that was a little racist. <laughs> uh, not to get too much in there, but I, I, I you, you see it on Twitter a lot. People are like, like yeah. whenever everyone's like, "Yeah, Trump's just jealous of Obama." They're like, "Oh yeah, when Obama wasn't." Killing like anytime like any anytime anyone sees like Obama speaking right yeah and it's like oh that's what a president actually is supposed to sound like with coherent yeah. complete sentences and functional prefrontal cortex you know and people be like yeah when he's not bombing kids in Syria and it is one of those things I wasn't aware of I didn't even know about it but apparently the main difference between Trump and Obama is that Obama used to publicly announce when he had, like, killed civilians and, like, announced all his drone strikes. And uh, Trump gave a mandate, like, hey, don't tell nobody anymore. It's not – we're not going to tell anymore. We're just going to do it. We're not going to – I mean, yeah, it's a huge downer, man. Yeah, it's a huge downer. He's like, yeah, you know, the, the, the problem is the measuring, you know. Yeah, yeah, You yeah, just yeah. do. You don't report. That's how – that's – I've got the most transparent presidency in history. Yeah. Like, I like it if – at least while he was doing the drone strikes, right. he sounded president. <laughs> I would like. I would like. That. I would prefer it. I would prefer if there's just a kid with legs off, and he's like, "I'm going to tell you something about this kid with no legs." You know, like, yeah. oh, that was enunciated properly. He doesn't sound drunk. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great. I love it. Uh, but yeah, so Nehemiah's dealing with some shit, uh, and it's written from the first person. He's and he's a little bit crazy for it. Yeah, he is a little bit crazy. It does seem like he's got more on his shoulders though than Ezra. He does. It's definitely harder. It's definitely uh, Ezra didn't really have. Well, you know, these guys were kind of antagonizing Ezra though too. Remember, uh, making fun of him and stuff. Yeah, but I mean, um, yeah, because he had to write those letters. He had to deal with some permitting issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they were kind of going back and. But forth. I don't think it was as. I mean, these guys are legitimately threatening Nehemiah's life. They're like trying to goad sure. him to leave the city. He can't even go on a vacation. Again, according to Nehemiah, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. 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 I'm gonna. I'm definitely a Nehemiah truther. I would love it. Out. I would love it if Tobiah like written his own book and we could just get our hands on it. He's like, and then again, I invited Nehemiah to my birthday party because I'm trying to be friends with him, and he keeps saying, "No, I'm too busy. Eat shit." What a little asshole! <laughs> yeah. Well, King David Jr., who right. allegedly died in a in a 
accident involving right. a flying vehicle is out there. <laughs> and he's going to, as soon as Nehemiah is arrested and put in jail, King David Jr. is going to rise to the throne. Right. And that's uh, how it works too, up. by the way, you just, you just be yeah. like, Hey, is that guy someone's distantly related son? Get him up here. <laughs> guy kind of looks like old pictures of King David Jr. Anyways, um, little JFK Jr. Joke for you there, folks to send you on your way. Uh, <laughs> If you don't already, listen. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Bible Pimps, and if you want to send us an email, you can do that at Revelations Podcast at Gmail dot com. Be second. But yeah, be someone second. be the second email the second person because I fucked up the first one. Yeah, Josh, don't you do it again though. Yeah, that one doesn't count.